This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. Hockey-heavy day for your here. Absolutely. A hockey-heavy day on the stretch around here with Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy. Sully, of course, alongside. I don't think he really goes anywhere. Murphy, <laughs> Murph can go. I can fill in. I'm I stationed can go. here. This is my spot. You stay right there. Right and behind the sport. Why do you use that chair, by the way? I like it because it goes up and down. I like it because I can get... But I you have no higher. arms. Yeah, well... I, I like being higher so I can, like, see things, and Mark's kind of small. So when he gives me, like, the cues, i got to be able to see over the mic, you know. So I, I like having this chair other than, like, a leather chair where yeah, I can't see anything, can, you know. I know you're the producer, but you have to cut that up and be like, and just play it all the time, <laughs> And Murph's kind of small. <laughs> Murph's kind of short. Murph's kind of small. Because I'm sure he appreciates that right now. <laughs> 603-883-9900 is your number. I have you up until 6 o'clock tonight. Not only am I taking you home from work, I'm also taking you... To and from the polls, and we'll talk about that, maybe not as much as Christian King, but we will talk about that. But of course, our first guest up, and we have to get to immediately, as he has about 10 minutes right off the bat to get to that bus, is the head coach of UNH Hockey, uh, Coach Humili. Coach, thanks for joining us. I know you have to get on the bus shortly, so we will keep it brief for you. How are you doing today? Well, we're doing well, thanks. I uh, appreciate uh, the time, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting on the bus here, heading down to uh, Boston College. Well, let's start right there then, Coach. Again, we appreciate you joining us a little bit earlier and pushing this up. You have to head down to Boston College right now, BC. It's still very early, but BC looking like one of the powerhouses in the entire country. Uh, how do you take your team and travel down uh, to Chestnut Hill and prepare them to take on a Boston College team that has looked really good thus far? Well, obviously, they've been a great program over the years, and uh, very quickly, they're back uh, as one of the top teams in the country. I think they're rated uh, either two or three, and uh, I think they might have lost their first game and haven't lost too many since then, but they're very, very talented in all areas. Uh, they've got a professional goaltender that's playing extremely well and some very talented uh, defense, and uh, you know, they've got forwards there that they can roll out four lines mm. with speed and skill, so... Well, it'll be uh, a test for us. Uh, we think we've gotten them better each week. Um, so, you know, like where we're at, we got 
like everybody else, I'm sure, a few injuries. But that being said, uh, everybody's excited to head down to BC. It's usually uh, a pretty good game, uh, UH and BC, just because of the style of hockey both teams play. Coach, when you have a freshman goaltender on the opposition on the other side, your players have seen him less, and you've had less time to scout him. Does that make it more difficult on you as a coaching staff and the players, or are you looking at it saying, well, you know what, he is only a younger guy, he is only a freshman, Uh, is there advantages you can take from that, or is it just more difficult because there's less scouting on him? Well, I don't know if it's the scouting end of it. I mean, obviously, whether they're a talented goaltender as a freshman, uh, or, or an older goaltender, uh, you, you need to make sure that you screen the goaltenders uh, so they're not seeing the shots. Make sure we generate good scoring opportunities and rebounds. Maybe you have to beat them on the second, third shot. Uh, but there's no question that he's strong. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of uh, video on him other than a, a few ga- recent games. Uh, but there's not a whole much focus on that end of it. It's more what we're trying to do, get in front of him, uh, take his eye away by screening him and getting shots and rebounds. What are your? Sh- it's still a young season, coach. So maybe not everyone has had a chance to go out to catch you guys, catch a game. Look, uh, hockey East is the, in my opinion, the best college hockey you're going to watch. So maybe not everyone has a chance to go out and see you yet this season. What are your strengths this year for the UNH squad? Well, I think right now we've improved defensively at the position. Defense, uh, we've got several of our defense returning with uh, uh, a young defenseman that's playing very well for us. So we've improved. Uh, at the defensive position, that makes us stronger defensively when we have to play in the defensive zone. Uh, up front, we've got some younger skilled uh, forwards that uh, have some skill, some speed. Add that to uh, returning forwards, uh, our junior class, which is a, a big class for us. Um, you know, we think we've improved each week. Uh, our specialty teams have been pretty good. Uh, there's been a lot of penalties called early in the season, which is usually the case. So we've done a good job in that area. Power players shot in. And five-on-five is the area. Uh, If we get an opportunity to play a lot of five-on-five, we need to generate more offense. There, there are new officiating points uh, for mm-hmm. that focus. And what are the results you've seen from the new points from the officials so far this season? A lot of penalties. <laughs> a lot of penalties. We've seen uh, not only penalties. We've seen five versus three or three versus five. Uh, so you really need to be uh, ready to play. The game's hard enough, let alone playing two guys down. But it's been called quite often uh, because of uh, the points of emphasis, interference, uh, uh, interfering with uh, puck handling skills. So uh, it's been an adjustment, but everybody's had to adjust to it. And right. uh, you know we've done a pretty good job in that area, not getting too many penalties. And we'll need to make sure we do that tonight because these guys are extremely skilled. Again, on air here with Coach Dick Umilly of the UNH men's hockey team. Coach, uh, these extra points of emphasis, they're adding to uh, some more penalties. Does this change your your strategy, practice, going going in, in and out of each practice versus what you've done in the past few years, having to focus more on those specialties? You know, we've always, we've always practiced our, our power play. Power play has been important. It's an opportunity to take advantage of someone gets a penalty. Uh, but we've had to put more time into our shot hand. So especially teams, whether it's um, you know, power play, shot hand, or four versus four, we've had to put more time into those uh, specialty areas in, in our practice. 
the last over the last four games this season again still a young season but you are undefeated with uh 401 how can you continue with four, four points now in hockey east how do you continue that momentum moving forward uh, uh over the past four games or take the last five games excuse me and take that momentum forward well hopefully we can use that tonight to uh you know as we travel down to bc and uh you know, the team's in, in good spirits. We like the way we're competing. Everybody's contributing, even with injuries. The next guy up, attitude. So uh, hopefully that uh, motivation, uh, the, the camaraderie, and uh, we've gained a little bit more confidence uh, with each game that can help us here tonight because we'll need it against Boston College. Coach, you have a four games for you have away today then four straight at home. Uh, does that make a difference for you guys when you have that stretch at home? Well, you know, we, we got off to a slow start at home, but uh, recent games we've played well, so that, that's a positive. This is a great opportunity for us playing one of the top teams in the country. Uh, you know, they're, they're in first place in Hockey East. Uh, if we could uh, go down there tonight and get some points, that would be great. That would put us in a good position uh, heading into, uh, you know, more games here in Hockey East. All right, Coach, I know you have to get on the bus. I know you have to get down to Boston. Thanks so much for joining us a little bit earlier, and best of luck tonight. All right, thanks. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the time. All right, Coach Dick Umilly of the UNH men's hockey team joining us here right off the bat, Sully. Starting off hot. And I love it because the coaches' perspectives, especially when the coaches are willing to share, and oh, yeah. they never delve into specifics of how they're going to attack an opposition, but Coach is really willing to share. He's really willing to talk Definitely. about you know what he's done with his team. He was very candid about the the points of emphasis and what he feels Lots he's of penalties. seen. <laughs> Lots of penalties. After the, the, I would have to agree. Now there's you're looking at more power plays, and he's he was very open and candid yeah. about that. And that's why I like speaking with the coaches. Uh, sometimes players are hesitant because they don't know if coach is going to get angry yeah, if they say one thing or another. No one's going to get angry at the head coach. Yeah. He is the head coach. No one's yelling at him for saying, you know what, there are a few, yeah. you know, I've seen more penalties or they have a young freshman. We can't attack him a certain way because we just haven't seen him on film as much. Yeah. I like it. I, I, I like opening up. It's a good way to open up our day. Of course. Say? Of course. And I think tonight for, for U and H, it's kind of a, a measuring stick game because yes. because you're not to me- you're having a, you're after a good start, but not only that, you're extremely young. They they have a whole they have an entire freshman line. There's a lot of young talent on this team, and you've played well so far. Now you go down and face one of the top teams in the country. BC's been a powerhouse forever. It seems like it's a measuring stick. You go down there and you you put up a good fight. You may not win, but if you put up a good fight, that gives you a lot to think about going forward. And as a coach, that would give me a lot to be proud about. You get all these young players, and they're only going to get better. You know, it, everything you've seen from them so far is good. But going up against one of the top teams in the country, it's a measuring stick game. And coach may not admit it. He might not want to put that kind of you know pressure on his on his players. He might not want to say it. In, in he alluded to that though. He kind of kind of got there, but it's it's like really like a a true measuring stick, especially being a young team. You get to you get to really see what these freshmen have up against some of the top t- uh, top talent in the league. And I think it's it's a big game for them moving forward too because if even if they if they tie or lose this game but they stay in it, that's something you take even if you lose tonight, you take that it's a positive thing, you know. BC is 8-2 and 1 on the season. Yeah. They are ranked 3rd nationally and uh they continue to move up. They were actually 5th uh, at the last, I believe it was you know last week. Yeah, and they continue to move up in those standings and those rankings. So I would say it is absolutely a tough test for them. And the only teams above BC right now are not in Hockey East. Yeah, 
You're looking at top team in hockey. East. Denver and Duluth. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. this is the top team right now in hockey East. Of course, there is a flurry of three, four, five. Yeah, all in hockey East, as I, I mentioned. Look, there's no secret. I'm not going to hide it. I am not a hockey first guy. When I have the option, I go sit and watch basketball. Yeah, this is how it is. However, with that said, I love hockey East. All right, it's, pre- it's the premier. It's the premier league in college. It's really. It's hard to. I mean, you're. You look at in terms of league overall league hockey East is the best all the way through from one to twelve. There's always you know competition. Last uh, a couple of years ago, Northeastern came from out of nowhere. They had a horrible start to the year. Came from out of nowhere into the hockey East final. You know it's just there's competition throughout the entire league. You go out to the Midwest, you get your Minnesotas, you get your your hockey towns and your hockey schools, but they're not they don't throughout the league they don't have the same talent that hockey East has. All the talent and also if you look into the NHL. And how many players have come from from college team? I think we're talking to Bob Snow a little later. He'll tell you the same thing. Half of the Bruins roster is college players. Half of the Bruins roster right now is college players, and a lot of them are from Hockey East too. Providence College, uh, University of Vermont, name it. There's a lot of Hockey East in the NHL, and that's a good thing. Now, Hockey East is by far really a, a competitive league, and it's nice to have around here, and it's helping out the Bruins, too, because you can see local scouting. It's very easy for them to drive up to UNH or, dri- or drive out of Vermont or go right down the street and go see BCBU. I was going to say, right they don't have the to drive tra- too far. They, they took Charlie McAvoy this year. He's right, out of B- he's right out of BU. They had to go five minutes to go see him play. So it's helping It's helping out a lot, and I think it's awesome to see that the Bruins are kind of taking advantage of that as well. And I'll, I'll look, I no bones about it, my graduate degree, my master's degree is from Merrimack College, yeah. so clearly I have a bias there <laughs> as bias. well. Now it's a smaller school, but I've watched them compete with these bigger schools in the past. Uh, sometimes not as well as others, but a few years ago, uh, they're making a push for, uh, for uh, they were, I think, the final eight teams of all the entire nations yeah. about five years ago. Uh, it was fun for me to watch. And I, watching those games live, I've seen UNH play against Merrimack. I've seen Merrimack take on all of these teams I love it. Yeah. It's good quality hockey yeah. and quality entertainment. I'm going to ask you, as you are, you, you said you, you're a hockey guy, you, you love yeah. hockey. I have to ask, because I've had this conversation with hockey players, hockey fans, and people who are passerbys of the sport. I want the honest truth. Yeah. So you, you're talking about college hockey. hockey. It's a completely different game than an NHL. And the biggest difference are the, is the fighting. Yeah, yeah. The biggest difference. So, advocate for fighting in hockey all across the board to remove it across the board or to leave it as is where college doesn't, professional does, international doesn't either. I think leave it as is, but I do think there is a place for fighting in hockey. There are times, even this year, I went to a preseason game. I went to the last preseason game for the Bruins. And Austin Zarnick took a brutal cheap shot hit from Robert Gudas. Absolutely brutal. Lined him up. Clotheslined him, knocked him out, injured for the first game of the year. And nobody reacted on the Bruins. There was not one guy that went up and stepped up and went and dropped the gloves with the guy. And that, to me, is a little scary. That's so like, let me ask you, you, there should be a spot ha- for that. Okay. And in college, when that happens and they're not allowed to fight, yeah. what happens? There's, there's just, it really, it just becomes a giant scrum. A lot of times, it's, it's, there's a lot of animosity. And I've been at a lot of UNH games. They, they can get chippy and... That's a good thing, but I also don't think that anyone can really advocate for fighting in a college game. I, it's, hard, it's hard to allow, especially because they got the masks on, too. There's a whole mask rule to it. There's my next question yeah. for you. The cages, yeah. as, the, as the hockey guys call them. Yeah. The cages. I've actually been told flat out, 
is by a, a, a hockey player from Merrimack. So yeah. a high end hockey player, a very talented young man. He was actually one of their start, one of their starters, uh, I believe first line defense at yeah. the time. He said he's, he does not like playing with the cages. And when he grew up in Canada, it was the visors. Yeah. Yeah. Cages. And I could explain why, but you may already know. So cages. Yes or no. Uh, no, I, I hate them. <laughs> I think I, I think it's just it doesn't like I don't understand like the whole point of the cage is because if you have a visor, you can and some players use the full visor. Some players get the full glass visors and they have a hole on it. You can you could you know be audible with it. If you want to do that, that's fine too. But I don't understand why they still continue to have these cages. I just I think it's, one one it just looks stupid. Two I don't think it really like it doesn't help. It's just kind of blurring your vision. Well, I mean, the the argument from the player was similar to football actually that. He's when he feels it can be more damaging because players will fly around the ice with yeah. more reckless abandon because they know their face is safe. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, much like you see in football, again, you see more concussions now than I think you would than you do in rugby. Yeah. Because everything it's it's you have a very sh- a shell around you with a very there's thick a, there's mask. There's a sense of protection. There is a sense of protection. Your face is not going to get mangled. Yeah. And that was his argument. This again, Division One hockey player. His argument was: you see the guys out there that are the smallest ones on the ice, flying around with reckless abandon because they can. Because they can. <laughs> yeah. And by doing so, it creates bad hits, awkward hits that are rattling other people and could and leading to what he believed as more injuries, whether it's concussive or otherwise. Yeah. So that was his argument. I also think. It, I mean, they try. They should try to streamline the college game to the NHL game too, because everything you hear, we talked to Bob Snow all the time. There's so many more college players coming into the league and they, and the argument's always juniors or college. If you make the college game a little bit closer to what the NHL is, then it makes it a little bit easier for these kids to decide, Hey, I'm going to go to college for, for a year or two or however long they want to go. And if you streamline the game, it makes it a little bit easier for them to, to decide to do that. Whereas juniors you're playing, it's basically an NHL setup. You know, there's oh, yeah. no, there's no real, there's no real, you know, rules on fighting and things like that. And the cages, like you said. So if they really want and if college really wants to kind of take over and they've started to make a push here, they've taken some, Guys that you would think would go play juniors, they're coming to play college, which is good. It's great, and it's great for around this area because, like you said, Hockey East is huge. It's everything around this area. So if they want to keep that going, they should try to streamline it a little bit better, make it a little bit easier for these guys to choose to go to college. I will say, working at a college full-time, I am a huge advocate of higher education, and that doesn't mean that the player would have to stay all four years. it's, It's 100% your prerogative. But I would love to see some of the best athletes, some of the best hockey players decide, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's approach, uh, let's, when I turn 18, I would like to go, go to college. I would like to participate in that and gives them an inside and a chance to realize, okay, these, this is what I can do out on a college yeah. campus as well. This is what my future could look like. If God forbid something, I yeah. get injured or God forbid, Other than I'm hockey, not yeah. good enough, yeah. which is also a chance. Yes. And a lot of times what happens too is, uh, players will go play juniors. And realize that they might not cut it. They might not have enough, and they come back to college. So, right. for example, UNH had a goalie uh, a couple years ago, I think it was two years ago, Adam Clark, who went to juniors and played mm-hmm. juniors a lot, and he was a freshman at the age of 26. Yes. And he came yeah. back and, and played college hockey, which is I, I think was, is great. I think it's awesome. <laughs> the 
player I was just mentioning. So Tom King mentioned that I taught a class. Yeah. I did. I taught a class at Merrimack College in sports communication. So it was a sports media class. I taught them how to write sports articles, how to be on the air, those yeah. types of things. Two of the players were hockey players on the team, or two of my students. One of them was a year younger than me. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. He was a year younger than me yeah. because he went, he did juniors and he was, I think when I taught him a junior there. So yeah. his senior year, he was going to be the same age I was while I was teaching him. And I think that's, I think that's smart. I think if, if you really want to give a shot at it and you really think you have what it takes, obviously if you want to go play juniors, that's like you said, that's your prerogative. If you want to go play juniors as opposed to going yeah. to school, but there also be other options. You know, you might, you might not be able to cut it and you, and you might have to come back to school and say, all right, I got to change my he thinking. Earned but it gives a you a chance education. to play. It gives you a chance to play. And, it, and you might and turn he it earned off a too. free education yeah. out of it. So uh, this is, yeah, this is a quicksand issue for me. So be careful, Sully. Yeah. But I'm going to say it now because most people disagree with me that I've spoken with. These players at high end Division I schools, I don't care where you are, if you're getting a full ride or even half, yeah. you're being paid especially the full ride, more money per year in, mm. in tuition, in room and board, and in books yeah. than I generally make in a year. Mm. So don't tell me all of them need to be paid all the time yeah. when they're getting a free $250,000 education. Yeah. I would Sorry. <laughs> uh, and I will happily debate that with everyone. I understand how much money some of the schools are making yes. and the NCAA is making, but not all of these schools are making all of that amount of money. And these students are getting free educations that could help their future. I'm sorry. If you could go into something, if you'd rather, let's, let me ask you something. Yeah. Debt free after four years, or you've earned $200,000 that you've spent throughout the year. That's also taxable. Mm. What is honestly a better option? Mm. Remember when you take loans out, yeah. they're going to be accruing at about 7% yeah, quarterly. I, I don't like debt. <laughs> I don't like debt. So you're looking at the $200,000, $250,000 that you took out in loan is accruing at a 7 point plus percent at yeah. a monthly or quarterly. You're going to be paying more than that. Yeah. So to me, sure, you don't want to be you want to be paid while you're here, we'll pay you the equivalent of your tuition, but you have to pay tuition. Yeah. So whichever one you'd prefer. And if someone is really not thinking and wants to take loans out to pay tuition, go for it. Yeah. And then and pay them the $250,000 that you would have paid that would have gone to tuition. Yeah. My opinion. That's how you fix it, in my opinion. With all of that said, I went on a quick diatribe. I told you this was yeah. a quicksand issue for me. I'm yeah. sorry. You Let's went off. I, this was... <laughs> Start the show. This, this is the way to go. An interview and a rant. <laughs> and you know what we can do next? We can rant about politics. Even more. I'm making sure that you got out. We'll talk about that and more here. I've got you through the stretch run. I'm Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy alongside Sully here on ESPN New Hampshire. Listening to the Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones. Only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. It's Sunday sit down with Jared Scaley. The salary cap is going through the roof. Insane. The money is going to be ten times worse than what it is this year. So yes, that contract was fifteen a year, fifteen and change a year. If that happened, if he signed that deal now, that's twenty a year. 
because of where the salary cap's going. All right. Numbers are going to be inflated. NBA fans are obscene, are going to be obscene seeing some of the numbers that are going to come out in the next yeah. couple years. And a lot of outrages. And we're going to talk about it on here. We're going to talk. Everyone's going to talk I mean, about it. The numbers are going to be stupid. Every Sunday from 11 to 1 on ESPN New Hampshire. Looking for a stylish place to call home? Then you need to check out the brand new apartment homes in Lowell at 24 Merrimack Street. The apartments at 24 Merrimack Street are located in historic downtown Lowell and offer unique apartment living within an historic 19th century building. Residents enjoy brand new interiors and unparalleled lifestyle amenities. Just moments from downtown Lowell's boutique shops, cafes, and entertainment. For more information, please visit 24MerrimackStreet.com. Again, that's 24MerrimackStreet.com. The bye week is over, and now the Patriots open the second half of the season with a big game against Seattle in Foxborough Sunday night. This is ESPN New Hampshire's Pete Terrier, inviting you to join me for a Bud Light Patriots viewing party at the brand new Buffalo Wild Wings inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. We'll have lots of prizes and giveaways, and someone watching the Pats at B-Dubs in Nashua is going home with an awesome Bud Light Patriots cooler. Buffalo Wild Wings, now serving you game day greatness inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Stelchik with Elise Jolly from Merrimack High School. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your activities at school? I am part of the Merrimack Volleyball Club. I'm on the swim team and the track and field team in the spring. I do student council. What would you say the swim, lacrosse, basketball, track and field have in common? Anything? <laughs> the team atmosphere experiences you have with each team within the sport you find between the team. What is it like to know that you're leaving your school, that you've been so involved in with your friends and all your activities, to know that you're going to be leaving that. Are you excited or are you nervous? Like, it's exciting to see what else the world has to offer and what else is out there. But at the same time, having to like leave your comfort zone and throwing yourself out there is a little nerve-wracking because you built so much and like, I'm going to be different. To, like, Elise, where are you looking at going to school? Playing volleyball at the University of Delaware in New York. So I'm really excited to be down there. I'm looking at maybe doing something along like biology and the biological sciences and and who would you say has influenced you the most in your academics i would say that my siblings i have both worlds of siblings and one of them my brother james has definitely led me to be who i am today um and tammy lambro because she has been there for me for the past five years that was elise jolly apple therapy student athlete of the month for october nominate your son or daughter sign up now at espnnhradio.com with six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers and all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Come experience all the joys of living at Bedford Green. Only steps from the Merrimack River and Heritage Walking Trails, the Bedford Green offers some of the largest floor plans in the area with a convenient location only minutes from Manchester. Bedford Green is the town's newest luxury living address featuring granite counters, stainless steel appliances, natural light and spacious layouts, and offers easy accessibility to restaurants, shopping, and all the major highways. Visit BedfordGreenNH.com. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. We just bought a fixer-upper, and I don't know where to begin. So I went to see Paul at our neighborhood Ace. 
I told Nate we have everything he needs to help him repair their home, from a wide selection of paint colors, craftsman tools, and the best lawn and garden brands. Ace is the place with exactly what you need, starting with help. Ace Hardware now has a brand new store in Nashua, on Pearl Street downtown. That's right, a brand new Ace Hardware store in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. Nashua Ace Hardware is a division of Nashua Wallpaper. Here's what you missed last week on the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Tristan Cockcroft of ESPN.com is our guest. At quarterback, for example, you've got the Browns giving up a whole lot of fantasy points lately, but they're actually not the top matchup for quarterbacks because if you take the strength of, of opponent, it kind of brings them back down to a top 10 matchup, but not, not the top one. So it's another one of your mathematical schemes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Get your football Sunday started the right way with the Fantasy Champion Show, Sundays at 10, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. You're listening to Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox. This is ESPN New Hampshire. I used to work ever so briefly for Arena League Football 2 in Manchester, New Hampshire. The Manchester Wolves, I believe. Yeah, yep. Very brief stint up there. And they played this song frequently. (laughs) (laughs) To a very small crowd, but I I worked for them around when I was your age, actually. Nice. Around when I was your age. It was uh, a very short stint, but... uh, you know, when you get your feel, your foot into any type of sports media, you get your foot into any type of sports media. You take it and you run. You take it and That's what you I've done run. so far. I'm going to continue to do it. <laughs> you take that on the stretch run here. <laughs> there it is. With Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy Sully alongside. And it is November 8th. This has been a date that when you grabbed your smartphone, your iPhone, it had a little dot on it. And you, were, you, you looked at it, you know, in January, February, when you're you're planning out your year and going, what the hell's a dot on a random Tuesday for? Well, it's election day. Nationally, it is election day. And I know Christian and King beat this topic to death, but it's important. It is important to me. It's important to you. It's important to your children and uh, your future children if you don't have any. It's important, period. It's important to the world and the world economy. And the world sanity, it's important. Everything is important. Everything you do, you think you're a powerful country. You know you're a powerful, strong country. Everything you do affects everything else in the world. So the decision you make today will help alter what's going on across each ocean. North, south, east, west. It affects all of it. Because, yes, the United States is a powerful country. With all that said, Sully, you are old enough to vote. This is my, this will be my second now. Congratulations. Good for you. Yeah, right? Exciting. Have you voted yet today? I will be leaving directly from here at 6 o'clock and uh, sprinting to Bicentennial Elementary School to wait in line because I know it's going to be packed. Once you get in line, you're good. Yeah. They'll let everyone, once they get in line, <laughs> yeah. get in. It's going to be packed. I know for a fact 
because last time, the same thing happened. I, I, was, I waited for my dad to come home. We went together, but it was like 6.15, and it was a line. It was a long line. Oh, yeah. But I know that I got to get there as soon I'm like, really, 6 o'clock. As soon as we end here, I am booking it from here down there so I can at least get in line so I know that I got my shot Good. There. All right. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. And you voted four years ago as well. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. That's an exciting – well, not as exciting as eight years ago yeah. was to vote in, but this is still a meaningful – now, you're, in, you're, you're from New Hampshire. You live in New Hampshire. Yes. You've had a million chances to go hear these people speak at rallies because yes. New Hampshire is the first to vote. Yes. First to vote in the primaries. First to vote in Dick's Notch, whatever yeah, yeah, it Dick's is. Whatever that was, yeah. Where they cast, I believe, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight votes. Eight votes. Uh, <laughs> four to two Hillary today. It by was the way. four, two, and one, one. Yes. There was a write in for Mitt Romney. <laughs> oh, nice. Even better. Yep. <laughs> and, and that uh, Johnson guy got one as well. Uh, nice. So, yes, yeah, so there's the four. So, you've had that chance. Have you ever been to a political rally in the state of New Hampshire, primaries or otherwise? Not, well, indirectly. I've had, there have been rallies at. My school that I yes, was not has. I was not chosen to be at. Like you a lot of times there's you know, students get chosen to ask questions and things like that. So I've been around the rallies. I've never once gone and sat at a rally and listened to them. A lot of times I hear a lot of the stuff after the fact. Obviously in the news you hear the clips after the fact, but I've never once been at a rally specifically. It's interesting. I'm not going to say it's a good experience. Yeah. It's an interesting experience. Especially this year. Like this year to me, I'm like like as I really I will be Hundred percent honest with you. I'm not one to talk about politics, but this year you have to. This year you there's really no option but to talk about it because of how bad it's been. Like there's there's no other option but to talk about it. And to me, it, as a 22 year old male, this is to me this is a commentary of where this country is. That these are our two our two best candidates, our two best over 35 candidates <laughs> to run this country. Like this is this is what we got. I would argue that the aren't these aren't the necessarily two best options. <laughs> like, they're like just this, the two that yeah, won. This like this is what we have. This is what we have to choose from. And I will say I'm a I am very usually with my family. I'm very passive when it comes to politics. I try not to get into it at the Thanksgiving Day dinner because I know I'm just I'm I'm the young kid. That's they're, they, the smart decision. Like they're just like ah, you, it's smart. You're, you're 22. You don't get it. I'm like all right, I'll <laughs> I'll be over here whenever you want me to come in. I'll chime in. Right. You know when you decide I'm old enough. Exactly. I'm at the kids' stable still. Here. So when when you're ready to let me involved here, I'll I'll be here. I'll be waiting for your call. But usually I just kind of stay out of it. But this year you can't. You just can't. It's important, I think. And I I talk a lot of high school athletics. I speak to a lot of high school students. It is important for, in my opinion, for the high school students to get out there and vote as well. When I was in high school, uh, I was not around in during uh, an election year uh, that I could vote in. When yeah. I was, I was there. I was at Alvern High School in 2000, yeah. but I was far too young to vote. But I remember them having a, a bus because the schools you don't vote in the schools in Hudson. You vote at their um, the Lions Hall. It's like yeah. a centralized area. They took a school bus, and anyone who was 18 years old got on the bus. They got on the bus, <laughs> and, you went and they went and they took them down, and yeah. they they announced it. You you got out of class. That was the incentive. Yeah, that was. And I'm sorry, I don't care what you think. That is a great incentive. This is more important than the half hour to an hour of class at the state yeah, will that you're about to take or, or the test doesn't matter yeah. right whatever it is this is more important this is a more important lesson and it's more important to do and especially well in 2000 in particular yeah it was really important with yeah. uh, you know one one candidate 
uh, winning the popular vote, but be due to the Electoral College yep. not winning the election, uh, which needs to be revamped in my yeah. opinion, but <laughs> yeah. near the hair. It's a whole other topic. That is <laughs> another quicksand issue for me. <laughs> but because I work with and, and coached and uh, speak to a lot of high school students, I want to encourage all of them out there, whether you have a high school student as a son or daughter or niece or nephew, uh, grandson or granddaughter, son or daughter, whatever it may be, or if you are the high school student, if you're 18 years old, go out there. Don't listen to your mother. Don't listen to your father. Don't listen to your grandma. Don't listen to your family. Don't listen to your friends. They're all idiots. Yeah. (laughs) Only you know what you want from all of this. I would, I could give you my opinion, but I won't. Why? Because I'm telling you not to be jaded or slanted by anyone, anyone form your own opinions. Think for yourself, look up the values of both sides, look up the, what the both sides want, what both sides are trying to do and go out there. You're 18. You can drive. Yeah. If you can't, all of your friends can. Get in a car, go as a group, <laughs> have a date, go on Figure a date out. To, yeah. to, to go vote. Yeah. You yeah, pick up the pretty lady from down the street <laughs> and go. Go vote and then go to a movie. Yeah. Which, by the way, I never liked as a, on a date because you can't talk. <laughs> you can't I never liked there. that. Yeah. And I'm a talker, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but go vote. And so, again, I, I just, I really, I can't stress it enough. This is important in my opinion. And it's important for me to relay and stress do not allow outside influencers to tell you who to vote for well i think it's interesting for me being i'm the oldest of my friend group i got about eight really close friends guys gals you name it and i for them this year this is this is like really big for them this is the first time this is their first time you know and i'm sitting here i'm I'm an old vet now i've done this already (laughs) i've done this once you know so i'm like i'm like sitting there listening to them talk about it i'm like yeah i'm i'm involved but for them, it's a big deal. And, and for everyone, it should be a big deal. This is one of those you can't just kind of ignore it and then kind of jump in halfway and be like, oh, I, I guess I like them. Like, this has been such a hot topic from the start. And to, to me, when, when I heard Donald Trump was running at first, I was like, oh, cool. Like, that's a good, good one. You good kind of thought, one. Right. You kind of thought it good was. Good one. Like, good, good idea. Farcical, even. Yeah, you're you're yeah. thinking. Okay, like, cool. the guy's so full of himself, he just yeah. wants to see how far he'll go, exactly, and he'll probably right? drop out. And I was like, wow, this is kind of entertaining. Like, cool for now. And then it got real. And then it, and as it's gone on, and now we're here, and he's actually, this it's is very actually, real. This it's is very, actually happening. Very, very real. So I'm looking around like, what, what have we, what have we come to in this country where this, these, these are the two people we have. I told you, don't you say know, best. Yeah, yeah. I took that I, one away. Because <laughs> it's not, I don't it really think that's is. The case. No, it's not. But those are these are the two candidates that we have right now. That should that to me is scary. That to and me is very scary. I also have to say, don't think about. And there a lot of people are approaching it this way, and I understand why to an extent. Yeah. But you can't think of it as, oh, I just need to choose the lesser of the two evils. Yes. Yeah. That's you my, need to choose that's an issue. Yeah. the one who you feel is going to do the best job over the next four years. Yeah. Of the options, if you if you think they're you know they're both going to stink, okay, fine. Yeah. But which one is going to do a better job? Yeah. That's your role. And, and as, that's where most people are at. Most and, that's are, you, and that's fine. That's, yeah. you're, you're allowed. Because I'll be honest with you. Almost every election I voted in, that's been what yeah. I've had. It's, it's okay. Well, lesser of two evils. Lesser of two evils. I mean, I, I, admittedly, though, I did. Uh, I was I, not the case for, uh, my, for me in 04 or 08. Um, excuse me. Uh, most recent ones. 08 and 12. Oh, 12, yeah. Uh, not the case for those two. However, in, in, in um, 04, 
yeah, that was very much lesser of the two evils, but I chose the person I thought would do the best job. And I, that's that's what you need to focus on, not lesser of two evils. It's okay, what what are they putting out there? What honestly makes sense? I don't care what they I truly don't care Time to eliminate what they've yeah. done in the past. Yeah. It's about the future. Yeah, we got to figure it out. <laughs> Could you? Is this person going to interact with the diplomats of another country yeah. and, and go out there and represent you as yeah. well as you would like? Imagine we're on a sports show yeah. at a sports station. Imagine, if you will, if you picked the most annoying – DB to be your captain on your football team or your basketball team. And he was the, he or she was the lone captain going out there to speak with the referee. The only one is allowed to speak with the referee every single time. Good idea. Sounds like, that's like a plan. That's what you're looking at. You need to look at who these people, who these people will be interacting with and how you really think they're going to be interacting with all of them. It, it goes beyond what, what they've done in the past. As much as I would love to harp on one versus another, that doesn't matter anymore. Nothing of what happened in the past matters anymore. It's about the future and your future. And if you're in high school, I mean, hell, if you're alive, period, it matters. But in particular for someone in high school, because you want to see a a continued growth in in your economy, in your job market. Honestly, something we've seen over the past three years now. Yeah. We've truly seen growth. You need to see. That's what you want to see because you want a job, right, Sully? You yeah. want a job. Oh, yeah. I, I like my job. You, yeah, you, <laughs> I want to keep my job. You want, you want jobs. So yeah. these a million things go into it. Again, my final note: not to go too deep into it. Get out there, go vote, go with your family. Don't you don't have to tell them who you voted for. You could lie to them oh, for I, all I care. Thanksgiving. That is my thing. I as as soon as somebody asks me. Who did you vote for? I'm going to say I'm not talking about that. I'm just not going to talk about it with you because I know this year specifically, you talk about the lesser two evils. That's what the argument's going to be at, the, at Thanksgiving. I know it. It's going to be like, well, you voted for them. Well, you're wrong. I'm like, all right, well, I voted for this person. Well, you're still wrong. It's like, what? <laughs> like, which? How do I win? Do I win? Is there any winning in this situation? And I just think in conversation, there's not. You just, your, you're, you're your not going to win. Your family will respect your decision. decision. If you did vote, yes. they will. They will accept and respect your decision to abstain because they understand. They <laughs> yes. And if they push you, you can make a joke about it. It's all right. Yeah, of course. But I truly... I'm still I, at the kid's table, so all right. I, I'm not even going to be asked, hopefully. Your friends, Sully, and everyone younger than you in particular, high school and through just out of college, go, go out there and vote. Good job. Screw go what vote. your parents say. Screw what your friends say. Make the decision for yourself. Do it for you get out there and do it on election day here you heard it all in the stretch run sean sendall filling in for jimmy murphy sully alongside keep it locked espn new hampshire Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. No 
Christian and King. One game? Yeah, one game was ridiculous. One? It was ridiculous. You got ripped when you gave Ray Rice two. two. Now you're going to give this guy one? Yeah, no, it's just... And this, guy, and this guy's really bad. Josh Brown's ex-wife told police of over 20 physically violent yes. instances. Police were called on multiple occasions to the Browns' residence in Washington State, St. Louis, and New Jersey over the years. Ooh, three states, come on. Weekdays, noon to three, on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. And streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. At Michelob Ultra, we know it's not just about how much you work out every day. It's about how much you work into every day, too. That's why we brew a beer for those who realize that expending calories should never come at the expense of spending time with friends. And for those who understand that just because you work out doesn't mean you can't go out. Hey, that's why we brew Michelob Ultra to have 95 calories, 2.6 carbs, and an exceptional taste. Michelob Ultra, brewed for those who go the extra mile. Enjoy responsibly. 2016 Michelob Ultra Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. 95 calories, 2.6 carbs, 0.6 grams, protein, 0 grams, fat for 12 ounces. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or basquimaging.com. Hey, it's me, your house talking. You know what would make me really happy? If you head to Lowe's for big savings on their reporter cable drills, so you can start building your 20-volt system. They have all the torque you need to finish that project you've been putting off. You do that for me, and I'll stop peeling my wallpaper when I get bored. Make your home happy with great deals right now at Lowe's, like up to 30% off Porter Cable Power Tools. Valid September 26th through October 12th. Excludes accessories, U.S. only. Saturday night, Bud Light, ESPN New Hampshire, and Metro PCS present UFC 205 featuring Conor McGregor at Chunky's in Nashua. Don't spend big money on pay-per-view. It's just 15 bucks to watch the UFC on the giant movie screen at Chunky's, and you get a $5 food voucher. There'll be lots of prizes and giveaways from Bud Light, ESPN New Hampshire, and Metro PCS. UFC 205 featuring Conor McGregor Saturday night at Chunky's Nashua. Doors open at 9. Tickets on sale now at Chunky's.com. Every big sports moment can be heard right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Classic a shot. Down in front, picked up by Crosby. Lobbed down the ice. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. Flips to Jacobs. Three for the win. It's good! Steps back, puts up a three, won't go, final seconds, it's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions, the Cavaliers are NBA champions! We've got it all here, this is ESPN New Hampshire. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore, I wanted to go back to work. PBA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview, I got the job. Paralyzed Veterans of America. Changing lives, building futures. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Visit our website, ESPNNHradio.com, for all the latest news, contests, apparel, podcasts, and more.
back here on the stretch run with Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy. And as true Murph fashion, we've gone, well, uh, to be quite honest, we've gone all hockey this hour. Yeah. In, when we're talking about sports, it's been with all a hockey. little politics in the middle. A little encouragement to go vote. Not necessarily political, not necessarily political talk. Simply encouragement to go vote. So don't worry, I won't berate you one way or another. Just encouragement to go vote. So it's been hockey, and you know what? Let's keep it hockey as we bring on our NCAA hockey guru, Bob Snow. Bob, Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy. How you doing today? Gentlemen, I'm proud of you. You've gone 40, I think you've gone 44 minutes talking, 46 minutes, excluding commercials. Talking about hockey and especially college hockey, so I'm pretty proud of you guys. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. As you know, we had uh, uh, UNH head coach Dickie Milley on with us right from the get-go, right from the beginning, and we kept going. We kept talking Hockey East, and one question I did ask Coach Milley was simply, what has the new points of emphasis Really, what has been have been the outcomes of these new points of emphasis for the officiating? And he said, well, there's, he feels there's been more penalties. Bob, from your perspective, what have you seen uh, from these new points of emphasis from the officiating? Well, you know, I listened to the segment with Dick Humilia, his team, taking his team down to BC for a big game tonight. We should talk a little bit about that, too. But I think the points of emphasis is an ongoing focus area every year. The NCAA, I think the officiating, when they go to their Naples Conference after the Frozen Four and talk about, you know, the focus areas for the following year. These points of emphasis tend to shift a bit from year to year, but it comes down to a bottom line, I think, of trying to open up the game a bit more at the college level and allow the skill level to be demonstrated and to keep the amount of clutching and holding and tugging and yanking, whatever else might go on, that we don't catch what happens in nanoseconds, uh, kind of, and it does impede scoring, does impede the skill level. I think that they're trying to look at this and maybe clamp down a bit more this year I'm calling anything that comes close to a hold, a hook, or an interference call, and that has resulted in more penalties and has resulted in more goals scored. So I think we're going to see this at least through the first half of the season. And I think when we get to the league games and league championships and the NCAA tournament and the Frozen Four, I don't think that we'll see as many of those close calls as we will the first half of the season. So your, your analogy, from my perspective, would then be similar to the NFL. Let's, uh, let's call everything if it's close, high scoring in the regular season, but those defenses will really matter as they, the referees may hold on to the whistles a little bit more when it comes playoff time. Yeah, I think so. But you know something? I think I've, I've read all these rules and focus, of, of focus points of interest, and I'm holding two or three pages of this stuff in my hand as we speak. And I think the safest way to look at this, not the safest, but the most condensed way to look at what's going on is that if a player keeps both hands on the stick and uses his body for position, it's probably going to keep him out of the penalty box for anything that comes close to a hook or a hold. I think that's what the referees want to see, is, is more body position and less use of one hand to slow the opponent or interfere with the opponent. So I think a player who keeps both hands on the stick when there's any kind of contact, obviously keeping the stick down, um, is, is going to find himself in a better position to avoid what now will become more closely called penalties than before. Bob, is this good for the game, or does this detract from the tradition of the game? Well, you know, that's a good question, too. I thought about that. I think it's in the spirit of, the, of, of, of NCAA football. I think, they want, I think that the fans want to see more scoring. I think the fans want to see more score, scoring. So I think at the NCAA level, I think it's probably a good thing 
But again, I'm going to say that we're going to have to put up with this for the first half of the season. But as the bigger games get bigger down the stretch, I think that we'll go back a little bit more to what the less closely called uh, infractions might be, in the, and referees will keep the whistle in their pocket. What have you seen as... Uh, the biggest change then from these points of emphasis that you mentioned, you know, it sounds like if you just keep both hands on your stick, you should be all right. Are there any standout changes that are really the most significant? And do you think any will revert back to the old rules after this season? That's another good question. I did a lot of reading <laughs> up on that in preparation for the show. And I think there's a new penalty being called that we haven't seen. I'm going to read this to you. Picking or screening a player who does not have possession of the puck in the process, preventing the player from moving to an open or unoccupied ice space in any zone. I find that to be a new rule. That basically means you can't set a pick, if you will, for a player who might want to go to the puck because he's got some, some, some advantage to getting there first. That, to me, is a, is a fairly new dimension to calling plays that never would have been called before. Now, that's something, I, I for me, a college basketball traditionalist right you know that right. would be you know changing the game completely <laughs> literally completely <laughs> no picks <laughs> is this something that is have you seen it as more a more drastic change uh i don't I won't use the word drastic but i'll, <laughs> I'll use it as, as as a newer use of the whistle to keep the speed of the play and to keep the motion of the game and the momentum of the game moving uh, as opposed to having players who can set picks and set screens for the, for, to get to the puck. This, this, is, this is a new one for me. The rest of them are fairly close. You can't use your an open hand to grab the, the opposing player's stick. You can't use an arm to slow a player down when they're going for the puck. Um, you can't interfere by putting a stick between the guy's legs and trying to slow him down mm. by, by virtue of, of using a stick, as if you will, as a holding or clutching instrument. But the screening piece is new to me. Uh, this, one, this one was probably the newest of all. Bob, the... Results of this, yes, more penalties. Also, well, generally, you're going to see more scoring as a result from these penalties. Is that something that you feel the fans are enjoying or should or would enjoy more as a result? Are penalties and more scoring the positive, or would seeing five-on-five hockey really be uh, more of the positive? Well, I think Dickie Milley made a good point. I think the goal is to get to a cleaner, quicker five-on-five play. I don't think the goal is to create um, odd man man advantages or more power plays or more penalty killing. I don't think that's the goal. I think the goal is to improve the skill level of the game by allowing the game to be played without interference, without clutching, without holding, without hooking, whatever. Um, And anything that will improve that particular dimension of the game is in the best interest of the game. I think at both the NCAA and the NHL, NHL level, but especially NCAA level. Again, we're here with our NCAA hockey guru, Bob Snow. Uh, Bob, you mentioned right off the bat, let's talk about that UNH at BC game. It is a big game within Hockey East. Right now, BC is ranked third in the nation as they continue to climb ahead of every other Hockey East team. This game tonight could potentially be an early statement for UNH, but BC's been playing damn well. Yeah, they have, you know, and unfortunately, we talked about this with Murph a few weeks ago. The new uh, Hockey East schedule only has the member teams, the 12 member teams, playing each other twice during the season. Usually one at home and one away, sometimes both on the road or both at home, depending on alternative years and geography. But this is B- UNH's only trip to BC this season, 
coming in early in November. Uh, you mentioned the fact that UNH is off to a better start than the preseason polls predicted. So is BC. BC was predicted to be in the middle, believe it or not, of the preseason hockey's poll. But Jerry York's got his Eagles flying if they lost, I think, their first or second game. I don't think they've lost too many since. But this is, this is a statement game for UNH. They're playing a little better than they thought. The younger guys are playing better. The defense, as Dick mentioned, they're goaltending. Uh, playing at BC early in November. This is a, this is a statement game for UNH. Uh, you know, also something that uh, Coach Emily mentioned was the BC goaltender, a freshman. And I asked, you know, my gut reaction was, is it more difficult because you don't have any or as much tape on him, or do you think, okay, well, he's a freshman, he's not used to this style of game yet, uh, so we can attack him? And he kind of said it's it kind of answered both. So, what do you think, Bob? You know, my, my theory is it doesn't make too much difference. I don't think that the skill level at the NCAA level, especially with freshmen, is what you see at the NHL level. And the reaction time at the NCAA level is much, much, much slower uh, than at the NHL level. Yeah. So I'm not convinced that you can get that much tape and get that much preparation and, and in the span of nanoseconds during the game figure out what the best shot is in this guy. I mean, if you've got plenty of time, and you know his weak glove side, sure you can do that. But how many times a game does that happen? Um, whether the guy, whether the guy might be weaker or stronger, six-sided glove side, and how well that adapts itself during the game, I'm not sure that that can be determined in in a, in, in, the, in the small amount of time that college players have to react to that. I don't think it's a big factor. We talked about two teams that are starting quickly and uh, we're really outplaying what some of their preseason predictions were. What about some of the slow starters, whether it's team-wise or even individual? Yeah, I know. Of course, in Hockey East, the two slow starters so far have been Northeastern and Providence. Northeastern ended last season as the hottest team in the country. It started this team as one of the coldest in the country. And, of course, Providence won, won it all a couple of years ago, and they were coming on very strongly at the end of last season, too. Uh, but, they, but they're basically, at the, if you will, the bottom tier of Hockey East. But you guys mentioned the parity of Hockey East and, and the, the, the parity of Hockey East in the country. I think in the middle of this conversation, we, throw, we should throw out our two topics for next week, guys. One should be a conversation about the, the perception of Hockey East being the strongest conference in the country. I'd like to have a little conversation about that maybe next week um, about that. They're, they're there, but there's some good arguments from a, for a couple of other conferences, too. Um, and then and the second topic you, guys, topic you guys came up with was, was the full cage in, in hockey uh, in, in, at the NCAA level. I did a lot of research on that maybe five years ago. I did a feature on NHL.com about the removal of the cage at the NCAA level. So I'm going to throw those two topics out for, as a little segue here. Um, for next week, and then have a further conversation about that, because I think both of them deserve a deeper and longer conversation for our audience. But get back to your question, um, the, the other two slow starters in hockey, Northeastern and Providence, BCUNH uh, and Lowell are probably the quick starters at the other end of that scale. And Bob, the the leaders in the clubhouse per se, the the guys who have been, as we mentioned, BC and UNH as teams, will really BC uh, up there. What about the the individuals, the leaders that we've seen on the ice thus far? Some of the best players that you can go out right around the corner from here and go watch yourself. Yeah, well, I can tell you straight up, you know, it's Fitzgerald and Fitzgerald. They're not a law firm yet, but uh, those guys, <laughs> the brothers at BC, uh, Ryan especially, who. Uh, stayed the uh, four years and is giving Jerry York the full full package. 
and Brother Casey are certainly leading D.C.'s charges, no doubt about that. And as Dick referenced, he's got his young defensemen, and he's got his captains, and his goaltenders have taken the lead in that, too. So at, at D.C. tonight, the two guys at UNH needs to slow down, especially up front. It's Ryan Fitzgerald up front and Casey Fitzgerald on defense. These guys are definitely Jerry York's forces. He's going to ride these guys a long way. There are new coaches uh, in the area There are that are... Or we don't know, I guess. It's still so early in the season. I don't want to categorize anything or anyone. Uh, what about the new coaches and how well they've been doing and how well they forecast moving forward? As uh, we, I want to get you out on, on this question. What, what about the new coaches here in the area? Well, there aren't too many in the new area except for, uh, obviously, UMass uh, Amherst. Is, it's UMass, but UMass Amherst, is, as many of us refer to, because we've got UMass Lowell also. But Greg Carville came over from St. Lawrence to UMass. UMass, I think, has gone through probably three or four coaches in the last 10 years. Um, and the interesting dynamic about that is UMass gets a new coach from St. Lawrence, but St. Lawrence picks up one of the all-time great NCAA coaches that has its own story. We've got a few minutes to get into that. Uh, but Mark Morris is back in the college game. He was a long-time 15-year coach at Foxen. He's been out of the game for 15 years. Uh, there's a very simple reason for that. And a lot of his former players went to bat for him uh, for the St. Lawrence job, as most of us who follow college hockey in the old timers remember the ECHC before uh, Hockey East was formed in the mid-'80s. Uh, the Clarksons, the St. Lawrences, the Cornells, they spent a lot of time playing in the New England rinks, whether it was BU or BC or New Hampshire. Um, but my, my point here is that Mark Morris, is back at St. Lawrence as the head coach. He's a guy that had a fairly serious, um, if you will, situation with Fox and way back when. If the, the rumor is he had a physical confrontation with a player, it sounds like in a locker room after a game. Um, the university ended up firing Morris. He's been out of the game for 15 years. Uh, but a lot of his players came to bat for him the last couple of years in St. Lawrence after they lost Greg Carnival to UMass, fired Mark Morris. This guy took Clarkson to the NCAA tournament nine out of 15 years he was there. Wow. Clarkson, Clarkson spent the tournament three times since 2003. <laughs> so this is a really good feel-good story. I mean, everybody pays their dues and stuff they go through in life. Yep. So those of us who follow college hockey and support college hockey have this behind-the-scenes applaud for Mark Morris being back in the game. And then, of course, the other new coach is Tony Granato, who's taken over at Wisconsin when Mike Eve stepped down or maybe was forced down, if you will. Mike seemed to have lost control of the program a bit, but when Wisconsin went to the Big Ten, um, Tony Granato moved over last, this year, I think, first year or second year, as head coach of Wisconsin. But the big story is, um, is, is Mark Morris back in the game. So I, I think that's something that really de- deserves a note, even though it's not in the New England area. It still has a New England connection to college hockey. That's right, and you know what? It, it really is a great story, and I agree. You know, sometimes you're out that long, you really pay your dues, and it really is a, a phenomenal story. So, Bob, thank you for, one, coming on. Thank you for sharing that story. And uh, just so you know, I will share the talking points with Murph. I love the cage discussion because I have to, talked about this with college hockey players and fans, so I will be tuning in as soon as you guys talk about that next week with Murph. Yeah, you guys made some great points, but there's a whole lot of other stuff I think that needs to be given to the audience so they've got a better picture of that significant, it's a significant issue, so it's a great conversation. Awesome. All right, Bob, thank you so much, and uh, Murph will talk to you next week.
Okay, guys, when you want to talk politics, we'll do another two-hour show just on that. I was going to say, that'll take a few hours by itself. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bob. That was Bob Snow, our NCAA hockey guru, and you can tell right there, he's excited. He loves the good storylines, and he wants to make sure he does his due diligence. Before we delve too deep into certain topics, as he said, that cage issue is we just scratch the surface, Sully, and he's going to dive deeper into it with Murph next week. I will make sure Murph knows, and he will make sure that uh, he talks about it because I want to hear it. I want to know. I, ta- I brought it up in the first hour or earlier in the first hour, and we're going to hit the break here as we approach the second hour on the stretch run with Sean Sandal filling in for Jimmy Murphy and Sully alongside.